0: Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. Not a lot of NBA games this week because teams had Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off after the All Star weekend. But we still got lots to talk about. So let's start off with some game recaps. Hawks Heat. Trey Young went off on Quavo night. A career high 50 points, 8 assists. 20 of those 50 points came in the fourth quarter. And this was Trey's first game back from the All-Star break. He picked up right where he left off and even took it up a notch. Young was 8 of 15 from behind the three-point line. And a lot of those were from way behind the three-point line. He was showing his range over and over again, shooting multiple 30-footers, even crossing over Andre Iguodala on one of them. But a great game by Trey Young, a career game, carried them. To a 129-124 win in Atlanta over a very good Miami Heat team. Sixers, Nets. The Sixers were without Ben Simmons for this one. He had back problems, and the game started out pretty rough for Philly. They were booed by their own fans. They went up on a they went up 22-6 to start the game, but then the Nets responded with a 44-8 run. And that put them up 50-30. to 30. And Sixer fans were not happy. And they let their team hear about it. Joel Embiid at that time had 11 points and 4 rebounds. But then, he and Philly all of a sudden flipped a switch. They ended the half on a 12-2 run and continued to come back in the second half, sending it to overtime. They ended up winning in the extra period, 112-104. Joel Embiid finished the game with 39 points and 16 rebounds. He turned it around. He put the team on his back and carried them to the comeback win without Simmons. The debate as to who the Sixers should build around for their future because the Simmons-Embiid combo isn't looking the best right now, that's for another day. We can maybe talk about that next weekend. I honestly couldn't even tell you my position on it right now. I'd have to look more into it. But Embiid showed up when he needed to and got the Philly fans cheering for him and his team eventually. Quite the roller coaster game in terms of runs that the team went on and the overtime drama and all that. It was a good game. But Pelicans Blazers, Zion's streak of six straight games with 20 plus points extended to seven Friday night in a 128-115 win over Portland. They were without Damian Lillard, that groin injury. That kept him out of All-Star Game, uh, the All-Star Game, All-Star Weekend, the three-point contest, all that. It's still bothering him. Zion had 25, and it showed that his impact on this team is really immeasurable. They've won four out of their last five games. They're four games back of the eighth seed of the playoffs. This was a team that was 14th in the West at one point. They're going to try to make a run. There is still time. It's unlikely, though. I mean, I don't see it happening. Yes, Zion makes this a completely different and much better team, but at this point in the season, especially with how far behind they are, I just don't see it happening. The next three to five years will be the most intriguing to me with this Pelicans team, if they can keep all their young pieces, which if they do, watch out, they will be very dangerous. Lonzo, Ingram, and Zion could potentially end up as a big three in the future let's move on to hot topics starting with Kyrie Irving because he is out for the season GM Sean Marks announced on Thursday Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks he is getting surgery on his right shoulder head coach Kenny Atkinson announced earlier this week that Irving was going to be out indefinitely after re-aggravating his shoulder injury Kyrie missed 25 straight games from November 16th to January 10th because of an impingement in his right shoulder. Here's what he said about the injury. He said, quote, It's very unique. It's the first time I've ever had such a significant feeling in my shoulder where I'm going up to shoot jump shots and I can't really lift my shoulder. Sounds similar to the Markel Fultz situation two years ago. What was that last year? It was very recently. Irving was averaging 27 points, five rebounds, and six assists per game this year. He was playing really well, at least individually. The Nets are in seventh place in the East right now, currently five and a half games ahead of ninth place, so they're pretty safe for the playoffs. I don't think they're, I mean, they've played so much without Kyrie already this season, they're probably fine without him for the rest of the year. But I don't think they're gonna do anything once they get to the playoffs because they'll end up facing either Milwaukee or Toronto or Boston in the first round, and they'll be outmatched against all those guys. So we have some news on the Warriors injures, injured stars, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. It was announced on Thursday that Clay will not be playing this season, and while he's progressing well and on track for his timeline, it's pretty clear. He is not ahead of the timeline and will not be ready for action until next season because it will probably end up fully healing over the summer. As for Steph, he's going to come back on March 1st, a week from today, next Sunday. So he's going to get some game reps before heading into the offseason. So, I mean, maybe that's good for him individually, but honestly, why? Why are you coming back? Chances are you're going to worsen your team's lottery odds for the number 1 pick. I mean, this team is a borderline playoff team with you and without Clay. I mean, this isn't going to you coming back isn't going to do anything for seating in the playoffs or making a playoff push. So I don't see the point behind this besides maybe getting some game experience for this year to head into the offseason so he's not sitting out 6 months before doing like offseason training and stuff. At this point, <laughs> you might as well just keep losing and solidify your position as the best odds to get the number one pick. And of course, with the new percentages, it's different. We saw the Knicks kind of fail last year, and then the Pelicans ended up creeping up to number one. So um, who knows, maybe this'll maybe this won't make a difference. In terms of transactions around the league, the Rockets added Damari Carroll and Jeff Green. They picked up Carroll after he was bought out by the Spurs, and they signed Green to a 10-day contract. I like both of these pickups. Carroll is a good 3-and-D wing, plays the Rockets' style, also kind of a hustle guy. will scrap and get some rebounds for you if you need them. And then Jeff Green is an athletic forward who's strong, plays good defense, and gets rebounds. He can score from the outside, too. So the Rockets are making moves in order to make a title run this year with Russ and Harden. They only have about two, maybe three years of this. And then it's the title windows out the door. The Pistons waived Markeith Morris and Reggie Jackson. Jackson signed with the Clippers, making their bench starting caliber. Even more so, I should say. It was already better than the Knicks starting lineup. I could probably name about three other teams. I mean, the Warriors without Stephen Clay, I mean, their bench is better than them. Like that team, that team could make the playoffs. Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, Landry Shamet, Marcus Morris, and Montrezl Harrell could make the playoffs in the East. Borderline playoff team in the West, probably. It's ridiculous how deep they are. As for Markeith, he joined the Lakers, and if you remember, the Clippers traded for his twin brother Marcus. So now both Morris twins are in L.A. playing in the same building, just for different teams. That now adds a brotherly rivalry to the already hyped rivalry between these two teams. Marcus said that it's going to be a lot of fun playing against each other in the L.A. rivalry. I think that's going to be fun to watch them too. DeMarcus Cousins was waived by the Lakers on Friday. He tore his ACL in the offseason and was not expected to play at all this year. So now he can just focus on rehab and try to get back on the court next year. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't get injured during an offseason scrimmage again. I just feel so bad for him. I mean, he was the best center in the league before he tore his Achilles with the Pelicans. And now he's just kind of... Falling off the face of the NBA. It is expected that Giannis is going to re-sign with the Milwaukee Bucks, even with all the Knicks and Warriors rumors. That's nice. But Giannis is like, I am going to stay with the team that has won 48 games this year and only lost eight. He's eligible for a $247 million Supermax extension this summer, and it would be hard to turn that down, especially if the Bucks make a deep run in the playoffs, which they should. All right, it's been quite a while since I've done my MVP ladder, so it's time to bring it back. Here's my new updated MVP ladder, top five for the 2019-2020 NBA season. As of this moment, number five is Kawhi Leonard. He has the Clippers in third place in the Western Conference. He's playing more than he did last year, and he's putting up better numbers, 27.7 rebounds, five assists. The Clippers have gone through a rough patch recently. They're on a three-game losing streak right now, but Leonard has still played very well consistently throughout the year i debated between him and damian lillard for this spot remember lillard had that six game stretch where he was averaging like 48 points per game but i decided to go with Kawhi because his numbers are really good too just his team is winning more number four james harden his scoring has dipped a little bit and that's really the only reason he's falling down he hasn't really made up for it in any other areas that's more the main reason his production has just fallen off a little bit. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. He is still averaging 35 points per game, which is just unreal to think that that is a dip in production. A four-point dip in production. He was averaging 39 points at one point this year. I think, I'm think i pretty sure he got over 40 like within the first 10 games. But there was about a 10-game stretch when Russ went off averaging somewhere in that 35-point-per-game range, and he was carrying the offensive load for Houston. I think Harden could still win the MVP, but Giannis would kind of have to just, like, flop, and Harden would have to score like he did at the beginning of the season and win with it almost every game. I mean, the Rockets are in fourth place right now in the West at 36-20, and just one game back at the Clippers for third place. And two games back of the Nuggets for second place. So they're right there. The small ball experiment is working for the most part. We'll talk more about that next week. But let's move on to number three, LeBron James. Year 17, 25.1 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game, 10.7 assists per game. Leading the league. He's leading the league in assists. LeBron James is leading the league in assists in year 17 that's unprecedented nobody has ever dominated this much for this long in nba history and it it's just so incredible oh and yeah he has the lakers in the top spot in the west at 42 and 12 they are currently up two points on the celtics right now um so they could be 43 and 12 by the end of today but he's still playing like one of the best in the game at age 35 Number two, Luka Doncic. Still averaging a near triple-double, 29 points, 9.6 rebounds, and 8.6 assists. Maybe, maybe a front runner for most improved player. I mean, he's just taken a huge leap in production from year one to year two. He now has the most 30-point games from someone under the age of 21. He just passed Kevin Durant either yesterday or the day before. And if there's any time in the season where he needs to turn it on and go all out, it's right now. It says Mavericks are in seventh place in the Western Conference and fighting to finish this year in the top eight in the playoffs. And they their their goal is probably the at least the fourth or fifth seed because they were in that spot at multiple points earlier in the year. Then Doncic sprained his ankle. He's been out for multiple different periods of time, and it's just kind of been a rough patch for the Mavericks when Doncic is not there, which shows how important he is to that team. But number one, as he has been all year long, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Still, far and away number one, averaging 30 points and 13 rebounds per game in just 31 minutes per game. He has the Bucs atop the league with a 48-8 record, best in the NBA, and he's the main reason. Giannis is just playing so well right now. He just showed up Joel Embiid last night and he leads the league in transition point or er, yes, and in transition points and points in the paint per game. He's expanding his game, his three-point shot is getting better and it's opening up a lot of things for the Bucs offense. And don't forget about their defense too. They lead the league in defensive rating and defensive rebounds per game. Their interior defense is un unprecedented they allowed the lowest percentage of opponent shots at the rim and the lowest conversion rate according to cleaning the glass the lopez brothers are combining to allow 44.7 percent shooting on an average of nine and a half shots a game defended at the basket that's crazy considering the average team vehicle percentage at the rim is around 62.7 percent according to cleaning the glass And obviously, we know what Giannis can do. He's extremely athletic and quick, blocks a lot of shots, very long. But he's the main reason the Bucs are the best team in the league this year, by record. I'm still waiting to see what they can do in the playoffs, because we all saw their collapse last year in the Eastern Conference Finals against the eventual champion Raptors. I'm not completely confident in their ability to keep it up in the playoffs this year. I don't think they'll win the whole thing, but we'll see what happens. NBA playoffs start in about two months, so... To wrap up today, this day in NBA history in 1987, current Pacers head coach Nate McMillan, when he was with the Seattle Supersonics, tied the rookie record for assists in one game when he dished out 25 in a game against the Clippers. Happy birthday to Jamal Murray, D'Angelo Russell, and Andrew Wiggins. We'll be back next weekend with another podcast.